and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hi everyone, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, and I am Ross McLeod, and I have never been more buzzing today a show than I am right now. <laughs> On the one year anniversary when Stevie first texts me saying, do you want to be on a wrestling podcast? And I was at a ticket counter, frantically trying to get my killer's ticket, saying, Stevie, fuck off, I'm not going to time to do a wrestling podcast today. <laughs> to now, it's a show one year in the waiting, we are talking about the great one, the people's champ, my favourite wrestler of all time, we're talking about The Rock. Uh, but first off, before we start, uh, if you're listening to this, make sure to hit the subscribe button, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, or, or any Android podcasting site, give us five stars and leave a wee review if you could. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Suplex Retweet on all of them. So, should we meet the most electrifying panel in Scottish? <laughs> That's a stretch. Right. First off is a man who came into my life in 1996 much like The Rock. Unlike The Rock, I have not warmed to him. It's Scott McLeod. <laughs> I did this for you like the you did it for The Rock. Don't Next. make me walk out right now. Next up is a man as devilishly handsome as the rock is electrifying. <laughs> it's the Rafe one that is Nathan Fisher. How's it going? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Next up, if Smackdown's the rock show, you best believe this is his podcast and he'll let you know about it. It's Stevie Wilson. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> Rang show. Rang show, show. I do not care. Austin better than rock. <laughs> Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave now, there's more rock fans. Did you miss his intro? It's my podcast. <laughs> no, you can't, you don't say you leave, it's put down your ass out of here. <laughs> Next up is a man who begged to be on the show, begged so much so that God himself came down, looked down and said, Aaron, but my name's Andy. It doesn't matter what his name is. <laughs> it's Andy Mitchell, you know. Hey, how's it going? Pleasure to be here. <laughs> And of course, the biggest rock fan. He can claim this because he is the big dog of ESSR. He is, um, look at Sidon. I'm good, mate. How are you? It doesn't matter how good you are! We'll let that sleep because it's the festivities of the great one tonight. <sighs> and I was wondering how long it would take for someone to do that and there's not been a lot of talk. <laughs> <laughs> there's a man who wants to be known as the people's champ of the great nations of. Ghana, Netherlands, and Lindsay. <laughs> Finally winning a sweepstake after throwing Vicky Cornwell, Grant McRobbie, Stephen Blair, William Hill, both the bookies and a person, didn't even watch wrestling, just threw a guy called Nathan Fisher, the entire ESSR podcast for Dave to Stacey. He eventually finding an expert in the Dutch destroyer that is Tom Brock. <laughs> it's the new ESSR champion, Kwaku Aji. Uh, thank you very much for that, boss. Uh, although you also forgot that I threw my nephew under the bus as well. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I mean, you look more an asshole. I know, but I'd just like to say a thank you to all the warm messages that's come through since my victorial <laughs> weekend there and I, I look forward to more of the champion in fact it's actually next week I'm looking forward to my expert coming over from Holland after a series of jabroni experts I finally get my proper expert back he's going to get himself onto that plane in Amsterdam fly over to Glasgow check himself directly into the Hilton Hotel to say finally Tom Brock has come back to Glasgow Thank you very much. 
hate you. <laughs> I thought Steve Sega thought it was in 97 because I feel like I just got screwed. <laughs> so should we... Wait, 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 wait. Bro. Ross, before you go on, I think there's some business that needs to be done. Now, I don't have a tin. Oh, but no. Oh! For those that have listened to the podcast before on our Money in the Bank sweep, Stevie came second, so became Mr. Spare Change in the Tin. So I can ask both oh, men a question, and I'm actually going to make it a bit tense, right? So have you got your sheets up? I, I know the answer already. <laughs> Tension. Right. Have you both got pens actually? <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll really <laughs> Alright, cool, right. We have a Royal Rumble style question in style of our Royal Rumble quiz we'll be doing in the new year. Mandy Rose has the distinction of being the first woman eliminated from both the Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber. Name both people who eliminated her. Ooh, Alright, you've got to half time together, get half fucking video. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving him an answer right now. Right, go. Who who eliminated Mandis? I'm just going to say Tom Brock and Tom Brock. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If you get closer than Tom Brock, if you get at least one right, you've won. Uh, was it Sasha Banks in the Elimination Chamber? And who do you have for the Rumble? The uh, Rumble, I'm going to go with Lita. Two for two. We have a new oh! <laughs> It's his podcast, it's his show, and now it's his title. <laughs> and his number. Yes. Well done. Where is my belt? <laughs> and Lindsay. It's no. actually here right now. <laughs> the water British Bulldog. Where's my title shirt? In the world of the great Becky Lynch, it's good to be the man. Mm, that's a bit of a stretch. Suppose you She's more of a man than you. Uh, suppose. <laughs> I don't know looks. So who was that too? Stevie. Oh, right, yeah, fair enough. No, 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 I suppose. Anyway, sorry, Ross. Back Stephen to you. can be the man here, considering he can't be at home. Oh! oh! No, should we talk about the rocks? Because that's what we advertise this thing as. As I said, my work was done. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to start. Uh, tonight's show is about the rock from. His first title won Survivor Series 1998, all the way to the Icon vs Icon match against Hulk Hogan in 2002. So, this is actually one of four we're doing on the rock. <sighs> yes, because I badgered Stevie that much. Showed up at his home and everything. <laughs> so, we start off with the Deadly Games tournament. A better of a tune, an average oh, yeah. tournament. Mm-hmm. Final of the Deadly Games, so we've got the rock as the people's champion. He's starting to become the second face of the company. You've got Mankind, the chosen one. You know, he's calling Vince McMahon dad. And then in a callback for the year before, the Montreal Screwjob happens yet again. And Rock becomes WWE champion for the first time, joining and becoming the corporate champion. So Nathan, I'll ask you, we always have a bit of a go at WWE's booking. You know, we've talked about Danny Bryan turning heel when he's very popular. Thank God Twitter wasn't about in this day and age. I mean, like you said, we've slagged out his booking for this sort of thing in the past. I actually think this is sort of a... I thought Deadly Games are very underrated uh, pay-per-view Survivor Series. I thought this is actually a part of Russell booking that's actually done well. I think it was a good swerve, Rock turning heel. Just uh, a bit before that though, this is one of my favourite pay-per-views for the sole reason of JR's reaction to when Shane turns on Austin. You're going to laugh at this as well. <laughs> Shane turns on Austin, oh here's JR. And that's it. But anyway, back, back to the Rock, certainly... Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a good swerve. I mean, 
the, the perfect opposite to mankind. Going to learn, going into what we'll talk about soon. Rumble, uh, disadvantage, the masker, good setup, yeah. Yeah, because it is the stereotypical Vince McMahon guy. He's a handsome, built guy mm-hmm. with wrestling in his DNA. And Alan, he just he, he fits the corporate champion so much, doesn't he? He does. I mean, to quote JR, or paraphrase JR, the capital punishment in the UK, 1980, he said if the wrestling gods could create a wrestler, he is it. The looks, the build, the charisma, the mic skill, he's got everything. I totally agree. See. I think one of the best parts of that Deadly Games tournament was his catch of the night stick from the mm-hmm. boss. Oh, oh, right. What were the fastest match in history? Four seconds? See, that's something else before we move on to uh, Andy. It looked as if The Rock had the dark side against him, but when you look back at it, it's like, he had the big boss man, but he won yeah. in four seconds, the boss man lied down. The boss man went to throw the nightstick to Shamrock, actually he was just throwing it at the rock. Kane attacked the rock, well actually it was under Vince McMahon's order to get him the win against Undertaker. So it didn't look like he was going to win. And it's like, it's that, it's like the usual suspects sort of thing, <laughs> when you find out, oh, no, spoil it for the three people that haven't seen it, you find out who <laughs> Kevin Sozzi is. species a monster. <laughs> I actually haven't seen it. <laughs> I know what happened. But... Yeah, it's that. It's the, it's clicking on like, oh god, they were in on it all along. Mm-hmm. And you, obviously, your favourite wrestlers, The Rock. You begged to be on this show. Oh yeah, I do love The Rock. I do love Austin. <laughs> uh, the Rock's like up there. But no, I, I remember watching because he was like, he was kind of the underdog until the end when he's like he turned heel. And it's like one of those ones as well because mankind was kind of like tweener, like heel, and nobody really talks about that double turn as well and it was like it's such an effective one because then Mankind came on to be like this great babyface and then obviously The Rock became this great heel but I think it really like it was just like it was a very underrated pay-per-view mm. I think and it was a great character development for like The Rock. Previous pay-per-view did he not lose to Mark Henry? He lost yeah. to Mark Henry and did he and not then... lose a couple of times yeah, he, well. he could not beat Ken Shamrock with full of 98. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he managed to escape every time with the belt because Shamrock was a loose cannon. <laughs> Shamrock is yeah. Shamrock and they turned him to be champion and never got the shot. And they turned him to as well. But, uh, oh, you're on the Ken, Ken Shamrock show apparently now. <laughs> <laughs> the Shamrock says, <laughs> you know, Scott, only in WWE could a man who's six foot three and built like a Greek god be considered the underdog as we just talked about there. <laughs> yeah, because it's 6'6", aren't it? He's 6'5", 275. That's it, Jesus. Do you like your mission tape, Alan? Don't remember that. Don't remember that. I can remember his original big show. 500 pounds! 752 <laughs> pounds. Yeah, the rock's built at 6'6 sometimes. Jesus Christ, well, there you go, Scott. A man, a man built like Terry Crews for Brooklyn 99 is <laughs> the underdog. Alright, now they've got the measuring tape put away. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that going into it, it seemed like the rock was the underdog and uh, McMahon's chosen guy was mankind. And it's weird looking back at it thinking the guy who wears a leather mask that looks like a serial killer would wear it and his best pal is a sock. Is somehow the corporate choice for champion. Like it's easy, cynical saying it's like looking back, it's clear that they fit the other other ro- opposite roles, and that's what they would have in their feud, and that's why their feud was so great. And you talked about the parallels between Brian turning heel with the Rock, also parallels with the Rock's promo as I sure get to the fall night, the bringing bringing back the Rocky sucks thing. How he never <laughs> forgot that reminds me of a tweet Charlotte Flair you do it after everyone cheered her for being up Ronda Rousey, but boo the woo, screw you. Yeah, it's always good to call back to the treatment of it because, you know, they're out there every night, they hear the chants every night. You, you go to think people don't forget this, especially when it's 6,000 uh, people in a house show and 20,000 people at WrestleMania telling you die. Yeah, no, the one thing I, I don't like about, sorry, I don't, I don't like about the moment though is 
rocks there. He has a promo with them at man's work, and the fans are angry. Somebody, couple, couple people actually throw cups at the ring. Not as much as when the NWO formed, but there was a weird thing. Austin comes back out after being kind of chased out by the boss man and screwed over by Shane, and Austin just stunners Rock, like. Could they not just have him like stun our Shane or one of the Stooges and save that? Yeah, not, yeah, not let him get his yeah. hands on him until Mania. Sort of a revisionist history with Austin at times. You can't forget he was very. Uh, people complain about John Cena's the stand tall at the end of the show. Yeah. Austin had a bit of that as well. So he goes on to feud with Mankind. We, we get the amazing moment that turns the Monday Night Walls. If there's ever a match that screams attitude error, it's Rotten Mankind, oh, yeah. where the entire DX Incorporation and Stone Cold interfere. There's a, Okay, you talk about Stone Cold in that one, but obviously I think his, everybody remembers his moment in that yeah, one, but you got to remember before, yeah. there was a lot of things before that, there was a kind of mm-hmm. rivalry between the two of them kind of coming to a head, DX and everything, it was just, as you say, it was perfect. I watched this match all night and see the best thing about it is we talked about The Rock being built like a god, but he's the snivelling heel champ because he walks and see when he gets too far ahead, the likes of Vince and Shane and Bossman and that, he stops and waits for them to catch up. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when there's about three steps, he starts swaggering again. Yeah, you saw him do that in the nation as well. Mm-hmm. Been him and Fruit are kind of feuding for the leadership there. He's just, he's brilliant. He's <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> and obviously, him and Mankind had every match type you can imagine. They had an empty arena match, they had no DQ matches, they had last man standings, I quits, ladder matches. Do you know the cage match as well? Don't they had every sort of match and the type this this was one that was brought up uh, obviously we talked about WWE's fans complaints about the modern era. They complained about Sasha and Charlotte uh, constantly swapping the title and I seen a comparison online it was they're so good together. They are mm. one's not better than the other, it's just who's better on that night and that was a sort of rock mankind feud. Mm. Mankind when he was left alone with the rock got his due because he would go where Rock wouldn't, where Rock needed the help and mm-hmm. you know, it, it made The Rock such an effective heel and it made uh, Mankind such an effective babyface. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on from that, obviously he they feuded for the title from obviously Survivor Series 98 up until the night after St Valentine's Day Massacre and then we'll get to the first part of the Stone Cold Steve Austin feud. So then obviously we go and we get the fuck we get to the Royal Rumble 1999, Rock wins back the title, obviously. Look, the, the feud away at Mankind, he loses it twice after that anyway. But he's eventually champion leader at WrestleMania, and he goes in to fight the guy he's screwed over. You know, and a Vin, you talked about Vince Russo, such a great booking decision, the Deadly Games. Vince McMahon winning the Royal Rumble is not one of the great Vince Russo decisions we remember. Oh, and Neil's WrestleMania, certainly. Just, oh, just, a, just a terrible, yeah, terrible, terrible show. Well. Remember the match, terrible as well, just... I don't know, it was good for the... After, my favourite part of that one was uh, see the point where the Ministry are battling Viscera. Right. <laughs> it's the fact that Undertaker's just casually walking around the limo as Austin arrives oh, yeah. in the ambulance, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> How many different shows can we mention fucking Viscera? I know Viscera's sort of like the weird one we've managed to slide in there. We talk about King of the Ring winners next year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Big Mabel. See, it was even part of that intro last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about him on the hardcore title show. We talked about him on the Crown Jewel show. He was the intro for Squacky on the Survivor Series show, and now he's been shoehorned in here somehow. And it takes skill to shoehorn this. I, I don't know if you've seen the man. It's a big like a Trishan Leader show next year. We can get him in that as well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Det var ikke sjakket. Nå, hvad så der? Nu er det ikke bedst. Jesus Christ. Du er lige tilbage til det råd. Hvis vi kan gå tilbage til Stone Cold Steve Austin vs. Raw, det er den første gang, de properly feuded for the WWE title, they had the feud in 1998 over the IC title but the, what's your thoughts about this one? Because this match doesn't really get mentioned compared to the Swina 17 one and I feel like it's like the most disappointing because it wasn't really about The Rock and Austin, it was about Austin and McMahon yeah. and the, the Rock was just an afterthought mm. Steven? Oh, no, that was pretty much it <laughs> uh, no, he's, He has put right, this was around about the point obviously the Austin McMahon feud was at its peak well as you get about 2001 uh, McMahon Austin feud was kind of backdrop because obviously Austin had just came back from the neck injury. Then 2003 is all about just the whole two for nothing type thing. So it does doesn't get the look in for that as well. And also a combination of the fact that it was a terrible mania. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. one saving grace of that mania was that match. But yeah. before it was just rotten. No, no, there was a symbolic moment. There was a symbolic, symbolic. moment. Is it symbolic? <laughs> <laughs> He's hanging the man for a cage. <laughs> I don't think that's a symbol, I think that's a song. I think that's a bark gun that'll get passed by somebody. They can all turn like... 30 seconds. 30 seconds. The bark gun that my clothes hold goes red there. No, I'm red because it's so warm in here. I've also got a death t-shirt on. So, we talk about obviously this match. I think when The Rock first came to prominence and he was doing his rise, WWE, as good as it was in the era, it wasn't a sort of stale place in 99 because the main event card was always Kane v The Undertaker, mm. Undertaker v Austin, Kane v Austin, <laughs> Kane Undertaker and Austin and then we got the Rock Mankind feud and I think it was like a breath of fresh air, it was Mick Foley going, going extreme lengths to do anything and he won the title and the Rock going extreme lengths to keep it and then this, this is sort of disappointment because after he gets beat at Backlash they just sort of go back to the Undertaker, Steve Austin rivalry. It's, it really just runs mm. itself in. So, thing about the Rock, uh, Austin gets such big stars that people think when you think Rock be Austin, what comes to mind? They think Mania. People forget that this backlash match even happened. I, I keep forgetting it even happened, and what's even weirder is it's probably much the last in your house pay per view, is it not? Was yeah. the one after it? No, 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 no,
Uh, <laughs> it was also he's like he's casual he's kind of casual gear that he would wear in the hardcore matches it's like Man. what the heck is do, that do you know, I, like, why he wore like a t-shirt during the uh, Mankind feud yeah right <laughs> like, it was like Tesco two stripe trackies though it was like, <laughs> like, like, like smash yeah, he, out he, was, he had to get like uh, male breast reduction so that's yeah, why he was this baggy uh, top uh, that's because he's mentioned in his autobiography did you steal it yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, it, was, uh, it, was something, it was something about the, the DNA within uh, <coughs> steroids. Steroid. Uh, no, <laughs> steroids was a major factor in it. But also, apparently, uh, Simone men are actually naturally bigger boned. Like, unless you're Simone and you tell me you're big boned, I'm going to tell you you're fat. <laughs> but uh, that added with the steroids leaded to rock actually growing. <laughs> Growing the most electrifying set of tits in sports entertainment today. <laughs> and he had to have breast reduction, and that's when he like, basically said, I'm off the steroids. Although, when you look at him now, you're like, Jesus Christ. Big boy, isn't it? Come on, that's not the fault. Are you trying to get the theme gender? He doesn't need that wellness policy anymore, does he? Exactly. He's private gym. So, obviously, after the. Obviously, we talked before about flip-flop heel face turns, like a Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry. The Rock sort of had a flip-flop sort of style heel turn. He was heel and face and heel again. And then after Backlash, Shane McMahon has a go at him for failing to win the big one and he's face again for some reason. Well, he's the point of him, Shane McMahon, the best in the world, remember? Oh, <laughs> Even yeah. back so then. It's... Carried Xbox to a good match at WrestleMania 15. Yeah, the, the best match of the show, wasn't it? <laughs> that, was, that was good. Too. But yeah, I think he's such. He's got that charisma about him that you can't really keep him heel for that long. As good as he is at it, eventually his natural charisma is going to get people behind him. He's going to have to turn again. Fair enough. No, but before we move on, obviously, for this subject, we talked about the Mankind feud and how good the Mankind feud when it was a breath of fresh air. It kind of gets lost to history for the simple fact it was so important in the Monday Night Wars and changing the ratings. Do you think this would have been a better feud if Mankind won the title at WrestleMania? Would this would this be better remembered as WrestleMania? I think there's certainly an argument for it to be a triple threat match. Mm. I think um, I could, I'm not I'm not seen this man in the way with Mankind not come in as a referee at one point. Was maybe a triple threat, I believe, at one point. I think it was a shame no, uh, Sean Michaels that turned around and said, Oh, no, you need a single. Yeah, Sean Michaels, yeah. With those V short shorts. You always wore the short shorts. Oh, right. We're talking about that Judgment Day 2000, these short shorts. I'd rather be done. Jesus Christ. I could see what Sean Michaels had for breakfast that day. Could you imagine where they're now that you're bald? Oh, God. It's talking about a lot of fashion sense no. in this podcast, haven't we? I've seen a photo the other day, and it was, uh, it was WWE SPFL, and it was a photo <laughs> of, of a bald Triple H and a bald Shawn Michaels, and it's like, remember Chris Bond and Kenny Miller? This is them now. <laughs> <laughs> so, it has the face turn, and Scott, something me and you spoke about, he's got matches and feuds in 1999. It's not exactly a banner, a banner year for The Rock. The promos are still great. You know, he's still over his hell, but feuds with Billy Gunn, Bulldog, Val Venus and Al Snow. We spoke about before how Austin turned down chances to feud with Jeff Jarrett, Billy Gunn, refused to be pinned by Triple H at SummerSlam. Yeah. This is something we spoke about, uh, The Rock's attitude towards things. Yeah, it's The Rock, you know, it's going to be that guy, he's up for anything, and I think that's what kind of made him... Kind of endearing to people that age that he would do anything they asked him to do, kind of like John Cena. He's been a couple of man through and through every time you say, 
you do this thing first, like, ah, alright. And also, I think the rock's such a, like I said, so charismatic that you can pull stuff off, even being at the lowest point shooting with Billy Gunn. I mean, talk about creative having nothing for you. Right There's a reason we're not doing a Billy Gunn podcast, Ross. <laughs> you hear about a contrast in Rock and Austin in that sense. Uh, Austin was always paranoid about his spot on the card because the experience in WCW <laughs> being screwed over by top guys there. So I think Rock hadn't really experienced that, obviously, so he's yeah. always more open to, to working with like, lower card talent. Yeah, uh, obviously, big main event losses as well. Every time he fought, he lost to Triple H about three times on pay per view that year. Yeah. He took the pin and the six pack challenge for. WWE title. No, there's a strap match as well. There's a strap match yeah. as well. Yeah, Obviously, he lost to him at Rebellion. He lost to Taker at King of the Ring. He lost to Taker at King of the Ring, who then got beat by Austin the next night. And that, <laughs> that started the Austin Undertaker feud again. Yeah, Big Show pinned him a good few times. Like, this is a man we're talking about, one of the greatest of all time. Well, you're like that. I know, it, yeah. it just shows how good he is. He's had a year lot and he's still up there. Yeah, but they acknowledge that as being there. <laughs> I know, I mean, imagine what you said to her back then. Like, my God, can you believe they're burying somebody as charismatic as The Rock? Like, no, he can still make it work. Like, yeah. he, so, he got through an angle with Bulldog where he robbed Bond him on a pile of dog shit and still people oh, cheered him. Yeah. Was it into the dark room? The dark room? The dark room? <laughs> and he said a lot of the greatest people's elbows ever. Oh, oh the slip. Super. Uh, yeah, like, oh. all these lore cards, they still have memorable moments. Yeah, it was well, a bit... Thing, <laughs> it was like, he was kind of there to put Billy Gunn over, but just with his promo yeah. Billy, he just buried him by just sheer charisma. Have you ever seen uh, the Sami Zayn interview with Chris Jericho? He talks about The Rock, he goes, The Rock's so good and his words mean so much and so venomous. It's like, if anyone else said this, it'd be a throwaway joke. It, the Rock says and it's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't oh. push this guy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 look at the fully loaded promo, it's like, Triple H is getting... Built as this next big heel, and The Rock does a promo where he just like slates him. You mm. see Triple H's face, and you can tell that he's like pissed off. He's like Triple H's promo fully loaded that kind of shows how pissed off he was. There's actually, I think it was Pat Patterson uh, that said to The Rock, he said in an interview before, Triple H obviously was good and good with the click, and then he was in good with Vince, and you know he had, he had his DX all supported each other backstage. Mm. They all made sure they all got over, and uh, he was like, well. Triple H keeps going off script and Pat Patterson just said to him, he goes, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. No, the thing is, mm. I think as well about that though, you kind of say, you're talking about that, that promo made on him and kind of, was kind of buried a guy, but what I actually ended up leading to was uh, Triple H's off script promo where he had introduced the game for the first time uh, yeah. and he mm-hmm. talked about that he was the game, so there's something the Rock's impact in history there as well. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll see it at the break, the Royal Rumble, uh, the... Armageddon. The hell of a cell Armageddon, he still takes the piss out of that. The Triple H is <laughs> the game! <No. laughs> so, Quack, we've not really came to you yet. What, what are your thoughts on The Rock? Because we've never really. I've never really spoke to you about The Rock. Obviously, um, at this time. <laughs> well, everyone's pretty much said what it was. Like, for me, it was just more the promos. I love that aspect of him. That's the kind of thing I love in wrestling. I love the comedy. I love the kind of aspect. As I say, week in, week out. And nobody did that better than The Rock, in my opinion, at that time. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was a lot there for me. I just love the whole beer thing and the hell yes and all that kind of stuff. But Rock was for me. See, this is where my love for Rock comes in and my preference to him over Austin. Because see, when you look back on Austin's feuds, The Undertaker won drags. The Kane one never really gets going. The Vince McMahon feud is gold, it's the best feud ever, but you can only take that so far. And every other feud he sort of had, unless it was for the title, you didn't really care. Whereas Rock made everything work. 
and you obviously spoke about comedy there, the most comedic segment of all time, when the Rotten Sock became a team. This is your life, which originally started as a birthday celebration until Rock very politely informed mankind that his birthday was May 2nd. See you at the time, great segment, but now you just wish it never happened because you've got all the ones that are really rotten though. Aye, aye. aye. They milked it just aye. because of that yeah. one. Yeah. Just, and even then it was well, it went over time didn't it yeah exactly so yeah, it's, it's, it's set such a bad precedent Vince went through them apparently backstage he yeah. chewed them out in front of everyone and then the next week uh, I think it was Mike Foley that got to ring that after Rock and Rock came up to him and went uh, Vince wants to see us in his office and uh, he was like guys how are you like, hugging them best of friends it got an absolutely amazing rating because it's the rock man kind you know they could have they could have played checkers in the ring for 20 minutes <laughs> and people would have went like shh continuing that rock man kind feud again shh just goes to show how good they were as a team and how fondly remembered they are that when you look back on it they really only teamed together on paper I think only once because like while they were in that thing Matt and Kay kept going off and doing stuff else and the one rock was still in WF title matches like, and still they won the title a couple of times but it was mostly on TV when you think about it they're not a they never have a proper tag team run. They had a couple of appearances. That's how good they were together that you don't really remember them. Yeah, they're very attitude era title runs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One on Raw, lost on SmackDown. Which is something around about the late 99. This shows The Rock's popularity. We got the first ever show, SmackDown. First ever SmackDown show, I should say. We can put that down as a botch. That's one. One <laughs> <laughs> botch. <laughs> so, obviously, The Rock's catchphrase get made into a show. Just shows the it's still going to this day. Like there's people tuning in just think SmackDown's a normal thing. It's weird to think at one point it was just a daft catchphrase for the rock. <coughs> yeah, totally agree. I was saying to a couple of guys before we came on eight, before we started recording. How many of the rock scenes are now in everyday language? Think about mm-hmm. it. Just bring it. How many times we all did a hand signal? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, doesn't matter what you think and all that. Everything is all these things are now part of local language all in one. Yeah, I remember as well. Oh, yeah, it's high school. Everybody did that. <laughs> yeah, the eyebrow. I stayed my eye for weeks trying to do it, and I finally done it. I stayed for a good two or three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you looked really surprised at something. <laughs> I've never once had a life. I've never been with just people's eyebrows. I, I, I truly love my mother for the simple fact that she, growing up as a massive rock fan, I annoyed the shit out of her constantly, see before I was able to do it, and it was just like, I looked as if I was having a fit. Am I doing it yet, Mum? Am I doing it? No, quite yet, son. Go, go back in your room and practice. Translation, that was, fuck off. Exciting times in the McLeod household. Mum, can I do it? Can I do it? You can't do it yet. And then, the utter unenthusiastic response, went, Mum, I got it, I got it. All right, cool. <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh, right. Funny if she turned around and said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about the Rotten Sock connection. I just like had a flashback to when it was like they were feuding with the Dudley boys and uh, Bubba Ray had to stutter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like some of the stuff the Rock said back then, I couldn't get away with now, yeah. but just that he's there and he's stuck and he goes, eh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually something obviously. We've got a few rock shows planned. We've got one talking about his part-timer return for 2011 to 2016. And that's an actual complaint about The Rock now that his promos are maybe a bit too on PC. But it was like called Kevin Kelly or Hermaphrodite and it was called Hermes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was the poor coach. Yeah. Oh, 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 he just. He, yeah, be a star. Uh, yeah. It's going to be great whenever Rock shows up again and coaches it. It's just like, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever. 
Well, I remember when it was what is it, uh, when he was in the ring with Ronda Rousey, and it's like uh, Stephanie McMahon's like, "You've never had a woman wrestle." It's like actually, he's rock bottom to you a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like WrestleMania 2000 went off the air with Rock, people's elbow, and <laughs> Stephanie McMahon. Like, you've never had a woman. This incarnation of the Rock. <laughs> The Rock never remembers. Uh, never forgets, sorry. And the Rock and Salt were part of another historic first time ever. It's the love. first ever tag team buried alive match on SmackDown. <laughs> the best thing. Uh, the best thing about that. Yeah, it's literally thrown, it takes a bump, and then goes up the. Yeah, I big show launches him about 15 feet, and it's like a couple of feet more, you'd have hit the grave, but he hits the grass, and then just kind of flops in. A place for something like that on SmackDown. The big oval, like, set, and then just this grave next to him. Better the live matches were always weird unless yeah. it's like two supernatural people going on against yeah, each other. The Rock doesn't really fit into that sort of. <laughs> we're, we're talking about Rock promos. See my favourite one, the Michael Cole one, where he goes, "I don't want to look at you, Michael Cole." So he puts the <laughs> the t-shirt over his face, and then he goes, "In fact, I don't want you holding the mic. Get out my shot." And he takes the mic and goes, "This stinks. What's on your hand?" And as Michael Cole puts his hand up, he slaps it in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Was it Lily and he did Poontang Pie with? Yeah. <laughs> oh. There the rock strudel. <laughs> that, that was something as well. You get wet with perspiration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the one, uh, his WrestleMania 20 promo. Don't look at the people's package, oh, yeah. the buffet is <laughs> closed, <laughs> Lily. <laughs> so we'll move on, obviously, from this period to, obviously, G- the infamous GR call was Survivor Series 1999. That card just ran over Austin! We had, and this is where it's so important to build up your undercard, Stone Cold and Undertaker both went down injuries at the same time, and this is where we saw Triple H and Rock ascend to the top of the card. One is the heel and one is the face. And this is where you really go. This is the, the rock everyone at school loved. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's when, like, was it, it would have been on Channel 4 Heat, and I think yeah, it was when yeah. yeah. well, yeah. watching it. Yeah, it was 2000, yeah. yeah. It is the first wrestling match I ever seen. It was an episode of Heat and it was a highlights. Now they used to have the highlights of Raw and SmackDown. Yep, yeah. And it was a match on SmackDown with Rikishi and The Rock. That is my first ever match with Rikishi and The Rock. And I refused to go back and watch it for the simple fact is I know it won't be as good as I remember. Because yeah. like, we reviewed Royal Rumble 99. Mm-hmm. Eh, sorry, King of the Ring 99. Yeah. You were so excited about that. And I just got a text for you saying, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I've been re- re-watching that. It's just like, was it one of my... Sorry. Yeah. So one of my first memories of Heat was like I think The Rock and Mankind they had like a a sort of a pink slip on a pole match. <laughs> yeah, that's classic Russo. <laughs> yeah. But this was after Russo because this was just after like fighting. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just always remember that. Like, is that was that just a memory? Was that an actual match that happened? You know? No, I think that was that not when the McMahon Hemsley people were trying yeah. to get rid of Mankind. Rid of mankind. Yeah. yeah, because Mankind got fired. The Rock. Tried to get him back, and then yeah, Cactus, they turned it well became Cactus Jack again. So we go into one of the one of the most infamous botches in history. Rock <laughs> comes in. He's promo by the way at the Royal Rumble 2000 where they go, "Who who's gunning for you? Who are you scared of?" He goes, "Well, if I can get by Crash Holly and Headbanger Mosh, I think I'll be on to a winner here, and I'll be going to WrestleMania." <laughs> we joked about how the out of place the. Uh, like the Undertaker promo at King, at King of 99 that what happens when you get the balls off a bill was <laughs> like an even weirder one <laughs> that I, was weird like a weird one I don't know how weird it was like weirdly The Rock's asked me the Big Show and he said the Big Show said he's gonna, thinks he's going to throw you out well The Rock wipes a monkey's ass what the Big Show thinks <laughs> like how, how is that possible you signed Crash Holly as well little, little did he know that Crash become a multi-time hardcore champion so much The Rock never did so <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I'm sure they're all kicking themselves. <laughs> they never won that. Damn, they never won the opening card title. <laughs> Did, did the Hollies actually beat the Rotten Sock Connection for yes, the title? So Crash Hollies. That was when Mankind had fallen out of him because he yeah. thought the Rock and Bender's book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mankind just sitting in the corner. Of all the daft feuds, we seem to forget that there was a feud in the Attitude Era where someone lost the tag titles because of somebody putting a book in the book. <laughs> it could be worse, it could be feeding over coffee. You think this is about coffee? <laughs> so. There's only one man that could have won this Royal Rumble, I think. Mm. Everybody knew yeah. it was going to be the Royal Rumble. It's the Final Four. 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 Final Jeez! <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the more as well, the kind type of yeah, four oh, times oh, oh, murdered by the APA. <laughs> oh, see the worst thing about that as well. See when you, you, you hate yourself for laughing at it, but some, oh, of, Jer- some of Jerry Lawler's sort of on oh, PC jokes, you're like, you, you, there's like three and you go, that's absolutely horrendous, and you're not expecting a fourth one, and then you go, fuck, I laughed at that, I'm a horrible human <laughs> being. <laughs> so he's the only guy that can win it. Big Show picks him up, they walk over to the ropes and rock with the, with the weight of Big Show on him and the momentum. His feet hit the floor first but he bounces back in. The referees don't call it, they just go, oh by the way, the rock wins, it was in the script. And this leads to the Big Show feud, it leads to possibly the most clusterfuck filled yeah. WrestleMania main mm-hmm. event ever. Because there's not enough Vince McMahon on the product, so we'll get his family in. A McMahon in every corner, we have Linda with Mick Foley who was retired, because retirement's been nothing. Big Show with Shane, Stephanie with Triple H, and Vince with The Rock, which really did not work once they took away the corporation angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I've always said, I've never been a fan of this pay-per-view. I thought it was a terrible one. I've seen that any, which is how much I love The Rock. Didn't matter how good the pay-per-view was, if The Rock lost, I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> so... 99 was a hard year for you, Alex. It was a hard for you, trust me. Saved a lot of money, Alex. So basically, I'm talking about this video, right? Like a DVD, video. So, like... See, even finally, and I know we're coming out talking about later, when Rock finally wins at Mania, a clean win over Hogan. Oh, I was, was like a picking shite. I was a happy person. <laughs> like, he finally won at Mania. Clean <laughs> People seem to forget, he lost three WrestleMania main events in a row. Well, technically, he lost four WrestleManias in a row. You're right, three main events, but then he lost to Shamrock, and then he was reversed, because he wouldn't like Yeah, but he beat the Sultan. Sultan. Yes, and that, that oh, is yeah, a victory absolutely. in itself. The Sultan, who was so shamed he put on a thong and started dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the, the lineman of events as well. That episode when Vince came back, oh, that is, that's a brilliant moment, that. As, as much as we dislike the McMahon, see when Vince comes back, yeah. he's been away for a while. He always gets a pop, and Linda as well, when she came back, <laughs> you always knew something. <laughs> Linda and Vince McMahon go to the same barber, though, I'm utterly convinced she, of that. <laughs> she gets one of the best pops in WrestleMania, but uh, oh, yeah. 17 when oh, she gets uh, off the chair. But she goes, <laughs> Like when it's the woman standing up and it's just like, ah. <laughs> you see, like when Vince comes back, it's like, ah, you know something's gonna happen. Your dad's him, you fucked it now. <laughs> so, your mum calls you in, but your full name, you know you're in deep shit. It leads to, um, obviously, the feud with Triple H. We've got the backlash match as well, that's in return. This is, yeah. This it's, backlash main event, because we're just gonna skip all the main event, because I think we all agreed it was yeah, pish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I've ever seen it. I've just seen the end. I'm really missing out on much, are we? The backlash? No, 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 no,
we'll talk about it in a minute when Kurt Angle beat The Rock. I was raging and my mum, again, being the saint of a woman she is, went doing a global video, which is a blast for the past. <laughs> Go, goes to global video and buys me Judgment Day 2000 and WrestleMania 2000 to Aww. cheer me up. And The Rock loses it to Triple H in both of the main events in their favour. Damn! I think this is when she just eventually gave up and went, Ross, it's not right. Is that right. why you hate the Undertaker? <laughs> There's a bit of backlash right at the start. It's, to me, it encompasses how cool The Rock was at this time. When he's standing on the turnbuckle and he's looking down at Triple H, and Triple H is looking up at him, and they see the lights going behind him, like the, mm. the flash cameras, and oh, it just looks so cool. Right. So good. They actually replicated that in the intro to No Mercy and then yeah. as well, yeah. The, that's something as well with the see the attitude I see yeah, when just, something massive happens and it's like the billion cameras I miss that that is so that is so good yeah. that and throwing trash in the ring at the end of it <laughs> it's, it's like a rite of passage <laughs> throw your look as a ball <laughs> ah yes man in those days you could twir- twirl a ball at somebody's face <laughs> now you just get a referee jumping the barrier and trying to punch you <laughs> there's a bit I actually see when Mankind wins the title Somebody throws a cup in the ring to try to stop the pin and it says the referee's hand goes up so he actually backhandles it back in the ring. <laughs> it's one of those... One! Swim! <laughs> it's like one of those... Uh, he with he's still... Oh, <laughs> it's one of those ones Jim Cornette always talks about. He goes, wrestling is not funny when it's planned to be funny. Wrestling when it's not meant to be funny. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And this, this is one of those just... What the fuck was that? <laughs> you talked about uh, rocking... Like Kwaku Kennedy and Undertaker. Oh god, don't get him started again. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Still a bit of Rock and Triple H. Like, in 99, Triple H was officially a stop start, and The Rock was all his, all his mid curves, but they were still over in their respective roles, so they were right there and ready for something like Austin having to go away. Like, that's why it's always, like you said, important to build up new people, so when somebody else goes away, you've got someone else there. Like, when some people complained about Roman when he when he left, like, as sad as it was, people were like, but who else have we got then? <laughs> Because we like we've kind of fed everyone to Rome. <laughs> as much as much as we talk, obviously we said we're we're talking as much as obviously we're talking about uh, the Rock, the Steve Austin involvement in this, the chair shot to poor Patterson in Frisco. Oh, <laughs> Those men were in their sixties at the time. Was that was that not the no no it was unforgiving the year before when the refs were out because of the strike oh. <laughs> and he's like just swinging for them all Tim Wink is one right in the napper oh. Oh. Teddy Long as well there's one as well it's something you you didn't notice at the time and it's you kind of end up hating Jr a wee bit for it it's uh, he's homophobic comments about Pat <laughs> Patterson there's a cage match and he's trying to get the rock pulled down from the cage he goes Patterson pulling rock off I bet he's enjoying that <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's sometimes some of the stuff in the actual era makes you cringe like yeah, chair no, shots no, to the head homophobic and sexism it's like yeah it's a good thing we banned the three of these things for wrestling <laughs> so then we had the we went from Backlash which should have been the wrestling event mm-hmm. it was incredible to a brilliant, the best 60 minute Iron Man match yeah, in my opinion. Boy. I think this is better than Sean and Brett. Sean and Brett's the hipster oh, yeah, one, I think. Sean, yeah, mm. no, one. yeah no, no falls is boring. Yes, yeah, there's so much excitement <clears throat> up to the finish when Taker comes out. Yeah, Taker comes out and ruins it. Obviously, you've got Shawn Michaels and <laughs> short shots, as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> there's two Just really a sexy good. boy. <laughs> Not anymore. He was middle aged at that point, for Christ's sake. <laughs> And then we lead on a King of the Ring, which is again another attitude era. If you could book an attitude era match, this would be it. It's my favourite match of all time. It's Rock, Kane, and Undertaker as a team against the McMahon Helmsley faction. And if MD pins, if anyone pins a member of the McMahon Helmsley faction, they become the WWE champion. 
Rock pins Vince McMahon for the WWE title. It's got the greatest choke slam ever taken on chain. Oh, oh that's brilliant. That, that's the one that you could do it on the SmackDown game that yeah, year. That was always in my moveset. Don't be a Kane reference in here, but the moment where Kane chokes slams Rock because he's he wants the title, then Triple H thinks he's gonna help him. He gives him a thumbs up, and Kane just picks him up and tombstones him. This is like the figure to like ah you and me man and just like oh shit. Before we go to the break, I'll, I'll just quickly mention my favourite commentary call in this match. It's when Undertaker pushes. King at the way to get the chair <coughs> and scalped Kane with it and he goes Undertaker just stole your chair he didn't steal it I gave it to him <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to take a quick break now uh, and when we come back we're going to talk about The Rock's longest WWE title run seemingly think his longest WWE title run was three months we're going to talk about classic feuds with Chris Benoit Kurt Angle and the I did it for The Rock <laughs> but before that here's <laughs> 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 and when we try to put back, whack you back together as I've just broken, here's The Rock running down the other five men in the Hell in a Cell match at Armageddon 2000, along with the ugly hermaphrodite Kevin Kelly, as he calls him. <laughs> we'll see you in a minute. This is Dickie Divers, and you're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Eat Tweet. Rock, we are less than a week away from one of the biggest challenges of your career competing for the WWE title in a match you've never competed in before. A Hell in a Cell match where you and five other men Finally, The Rock has come back to New Jersey. Just as sure as for the very first time, Kevin Kelly, The Rock, stood right in this arena and called you an ugly hermaphrodite. Is as sure as this Sunday night at Armageddon, The Rock will be in hell in a cell. This is going to be the most brutal match The Rock has ever been in. The dangerousest match The Rock has ever been in. The hell in a cell. And it doesn't matter, Kevin Kelly, what you call it. Whether it's called a hell in a cell, a rage in a cage, penis in Uranus, the only thing that matters is that The Rock is going in this Sunday night to do exactly what he does best, lay it the smack it down, and get back The Rock's WWE title. And the fact of the matter is this, is that The Rock knows this Sunday night he has his work cut out for him. The Rock knows he's got five other guys he's got to compete with. And even if The Rock has got to beat Kurt Angle, which means I'm going to drink a big glass of milk eat some chocolate chip cookies, and then maybe I'll take three Viagra. Or maybe The Rock is gonna face Rikishi. Beat Rikishi! I did it for The Rock. I did it for the people. I did it, I did, uh, shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty! Or maybe even The Rock has got to beat The Undertaker, the American badass, beat him so bad that one more time he'll raise up. Rest in peace. Or maybe The Rock has got to beat Triple H himself, which means uh, he's got to beat the game uh, in the middle of the ring. Uh, and he has a $2 for a wife! Uh, 
Or maybe The Rock has got a beat. Stone Cold Steve Austin, which means I gotta get in my, I gotta get in my pickup truck, drink some Steve Weisers, listen to some Backstreet Boys. And that's the bottom line, cause the great one said so. And one more thing, this Sunday night at Armageddon, The Rock is gonna do all he can to win the WWE title. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet with the most handsome man in Scottish entertainment, the Sam Barber Experience. Relax. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets. And welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Thanks very much to Dickie Divers there for that soundbite. You can listen to his interview now on our Anchor, Spotify and iTunes account. Please leave a media rating. We are at Suplex Retweet on all of them. That's also our social media handles. So if you want to tweet us, Facebook is, Instagram is, just have a wee chat. We're here. Speak to us. <laughs> We're not agony, uncle for that. <laughs> we are here for anyone that needs us. You just want to chat about wrestling, that's fine. What's your favourite restaurant? Tell me what you had for them. <laughs> but anyway, moving back on to what we're actually talking about. We are here talking about the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. We are talking about The Rock from 1998 to 2002. I am joined by Scott McLeod, Nathan Fisher, Andy Mitchell, Stevie Wilson, Alan McLucas and Kwaku Aji. Don't say fucking hi back, you're a shower of bastards. <laughs> you, never address, you never addressed me properly. I'm not saying hi back to you. We are here with the new Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Champion, Stephen Wilson. And you all thought that him getting a bit would have made a better fit. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank my associate, David Campbell. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> At least he earned Oh, oh. oh! Sorry, before we go in. It's getting dark in here where all the shade has been thrown. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. So, motherfucker, how many times have you won? Hang on, I make my own decisions. I don't ask somebody else. Yes, I made my decision. I picked a good expert. Carry on, Ross. Hey, I'm just Money trying to finish it. a wee horrible here. I thought you would be arguing longer there, but anyway. <laughs> so, The Rock wins the WWE title at King of the Ring 2000, and this begins his July to October run with the title. This is when I first properly started watching wrestling. This is why I love this title and while I love The Rock as well because he's the he was the guy he was the champion and that was the belt he held and his first feud his first proper feud I can remember for the WWE title was against Chris Benoit and this is the sort of matches unfortunately we can't show them on the network freely obviously because of the circumstances but this is when Rock sort of started having matches with people that were technically sound you know this is when the likes of Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, the likes were coming over, Chris Jericho were coming over from WCW. And this this feud as well, Shane McMahon's new guy, it's like sort of reminiscent when Aria Duvare, uh, sorry, Sean Devari hated The Undertaker and hired everyone to let take him out. This uh, this was Shane McMahon's new guy and it was Chris Benoit. Fully loaded 2010, did we get any memories of this? Yeah, I remember when it was like the rock, rock bombed uh, Benoit on a car and I was like, <laughs> Pretty brutal, I just remember that. So we were 
He had a weird dream with that belt, he said being his longest dream where he had that feud with Benoit, which like he said technically sound and good looking back at it, but for some people who are probably watching it at the time <laughs> if you were watching the time, probably Benoit didn't probably scream to them main event because he was always perceived as the technical, the smaller guy. Then he goes into a triple threat match where he's not even the focus. Stephanie, Triple H, and Angola, and then he's in a clusterfuck uh, four way, which ends. I've not heard that phrase in ages. Clusterfuck. <laughs> Carry on, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's Quacko's bamboozled by the. the I know words. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. You sound like, you know, whenever I use a, a slightly bigger word, like, oh, you use your university language. What? What's that? Because I said, because. <laughs> <laughs> right, these are four way which kind of they emulate the same finish and that much that they do with Benwell where Benwell wins the title by various means like f- we're, we're kind of going in order here Scott <laughs> you've kind of jumped ahead <laughs> oh, excuse me I'll keep my mouth shut then <laughs> <laughs> right Nathan your thoughts on the your thoughts on the Benwell feud fairly loaded to th- uh, start again fairly loaded to 2000 it was uh, a bit of a bittersweet one for me because for me, it, it was on channel 4 I remember I asked parents to record it and the recording failed so oh. I didn't actually get a chance to see this one. Five, uh, I've actually not seen, <laughs> seen this match before, uh, full one, so I'm going to have to pass on this one, I'm afraid. This is, this is, you refuse to watch it since just because it reminds you of that heartache. <laughs> see, this is where, this is where the children of today don't realise how lucky they are. If the recording fails, you, can go, VCRs. you can go into catch up or you can stream it online. No, you had one chance. Nah, one chance. Just back up, you could trade a pal tape to them and you could borrow it. I, my... My dear, dear grandfather always recorded pay-per-views no matter what because I think he knew like when I was coming in uh, after school and I think he knew he's not going to come down here if we've no tape for wrestling. So it'd be like, we're going to, my mum, we're going to see your nana and papa walk in. There's your tape. Thank you. I'm way upstairs to watch this. <laughs> a five-hour visit with my nana and granddad and I'm sitting watching wrestling for four and a half of it. <laughs> so, Stephen, your thoughts on the, the Benoit feud? It's one that's kind of... I think it's kind of overshadowed for a lot of things that's happened and obviously with the things that came after it because was this not right before the, the triple threat where we go in SummerSlam which is a fantastic match don't be telling why so it kind of gets overshadowed from that way so, but it's obviously Yeah I remember watching it when it happened uh, good old Channel 4 days but uh, it, was, it was only the one match they did didn't they? I can't yeah. really remember much else happening Yeah he, he floated about the, the scene but he also had feuds with Jericho as well in between Yeah I always remember the ending. Am I right to spoil the ending? Yeah, when it's like. Sorry, Nathan. Yeah, when it's like you think Benoit's won the title and then Mick Foley comes out and I can't. What, what did he do for it? Oh, to, no, that's the that's the one I gave Scott in trouble for talking about. That's uh, Unforgiven 2000. Mick Foley still comes out. Mick Foley comes out and restarts the match. Fuck, so he does. He does it just. He was commissioner at the time, so. It was kind of. Yeah, the feud was Shane. As well, at this point, and obviously Shane with Ben Varkind over, over like this one as well. Fair enough. So we talked about uh, obviously his next feud is Kurt Angle, and this is the sort of people slate the Rock for stealing the Miz's moment. It was Rock Cena with Miz featured as the WWE champion. Rock was sort of in this role here. It was Stephanie in Triple H's corner, but she kind of had eyes for Kurt Angle, and Kurt Angle was like a creepy sleaze ball. Trying to slide into the DMs as it was at the time. Try, <laughs> try to page her. That's what they did back then. <laughs> and uh, this, to show how overshadowed Rock is, this match starts five minutes before the Rock gets in the ring. Kurt Angle and Triple H brawl, and then when they're both down, the Rock eventually comes out. Uh, that famous bit 
clippers are used in the Don't Try It At Home old package where Triple H goes for the pedigree and the table collapses under him before he can even get up. Yeah, it's a it's a weird, it's a great main event, but it's also a really, really weird feud. It's like The Rock's just an afterthought. It's like, mm. even though he's the champ, it's like the story is about him, it's about Triple H and Kurt Angle. This is actually around about the time Stephanie McMahon took over creative. So you can actually see the yeah. see the McMahon ego starting to drip into storylines at this point. Yeah, totally. Probably a one. Yeah, totally. There's not really much more to add to it. Thanks, Alan. It's also the time. I bought analysis from Alan. I know. I'm going to scare a set of all. Don't make yourself the Paul Merson of ESSR. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just like, what you're thinking? That's like more Big Charlie. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Aye, we're talking about Super Zombie. I'm looking at back. I'm going to be around the time where Triple H and Stephanie began their relationship as well. Since yes. Triple H's going, well, you know what, Steve? I think we could uh, do this bit. Let's <laughs> get this past the side. Well, let's see the hummus back then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Triple H like in rock fashion since Triple H for a while was not incapable of wearing anything other than denim. Uh, the double denim king. <laughs> the Canadian tuxedo kid. <laughs> I love a bit of double denim. I'm the worst like I love a denim jacket me. But um, obviously Rock goes on to continue his feud with Angle. We talked about the Unforgiven main event where once again Benoit gets screwed. Although Undertaker's foot's on the rope for like the two and the three count so it's not exactly a screw job. Um, he loses the title to Angle because of interference from the thong-wearing fatty that is, <laughs> that is Rikishi. He What's the reason he done it for again? He did it for the rock. <laughs> he did it for the people. They're sort of, I sound like Ugandan knuckles, I don't sound like Rikishi. <laughs> I did it to know the way. He didn't know the way. He didn't know the way, so he went the wrong way and ended up running into Austin. <laughs> so, he's not been a neck brace as well. Yeah, it was well like that. Honestly, he just looks so. It was those stupid big attitude plasters that just look like those migraine patches you get. And his arm bandaged up. That's right as well. Because this was. We talked about Austin refusing to work with people, refused to give Rikishi a proper feud. I just want to quickly say as well before that match, the uh, the Rock and and Karango, it's like Karango had a a video package where he's uh, interviewing the Rock, and it's so so funny. We're just different, (laughs) different. Footage from different things, and then the rock's drinking goes, Yeah, rock, drink up. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it starts a weird feud with Rikishi after cutting. This is yet again, like, it, it's not exactly a great match, but it's like rock carrying a feud with his promos once again. Just look, you're starting to hurt my feelings with these fat comments, and rock continues another 10 minute promo filled with fat jokes. <laughs> so, so, obviously, we, we did the promo at the break with the Armageddon. When he runs down, he calls. He says, Triple H is a $2 whore for a wife. He says, Rikishi's a thong wearing fatty. Austin listens to Backstreet Boys. I don't see the problem with that. Uh, we're listening to the Dave's. Uh, Dave's house party, which you can find on our Twitter page. <laughs> you can't find this video, but we were belting out. I want it that way. At four in the morning. Uh, four in the morning. Uh-huh. Dave wanted to kick us out at two in the morning. The main event started at 2.40. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the Undertaker will rise up and Kurt Angle's going to drink a big glass of milk before Viagra. <laughs> this, again, the Rock run about this point just kind of floated about again. He was always there or thereabouts and it was his promos that kept mm-hmm. him going. He's just 
I, I keep saying it. He's, he's, I feel like uh, Jim White talking about Brian Lowry. Why are you so good, Brian? <laughs> 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 well, I remember reading that thing about it. Like, his rock was ready to get boot, booted when he was still as rocky in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And he begged, Vince, just give me one chance. Let me do one thing mm-hmm. off script. If it does not work, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And that's what he needed people's champion. See? And that was up. Stop me bouncing and never hear my script, but I thought you did. Do we need to? Yeah, it was him and uh, was it Brian Quartz? 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 a couple of keywords he had to say. Yeah. He's like, get them in, mm-hmm. four or five keywords, yeah. do what you want. That's, yeah. the, that's the problem now, mate. WWE, you don't really they don't have that same yeah. thing. Yeah. We've seen the things he's done, it shows the intelligence of the guy to do that on the spot, come up with that stuff. I can't even imagine it. Yeah. I know yeah. what I'm using. I mean, he's the only guy who could probably go in a rap battle and wipe the floor with him and dump a drink. Oh, very good. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. That's like one of those primary school arguments. Who would win a fight? Goku or Superman? Yeah. Superman helps. <laughs> I think this is more 3T, like a show about The Rock coming in, but knowing that thing I told you about The Rock joining the nation, should I say that here? Or mm-hmm. Where. Uh, I think Bruce Pritchard tells on his podcast that it was Vince Russo was in charge when The Rock came back for injury and joined Nation. He was, it was him in charge, find something for this guy to do. And Russo had nothing. And Pritchard goes, why don't you have him join the Nation? And Nathan's laughing, he knows what I'm going to say. And uh, Russo apparently went, I can't have him join the Nation. Why not? He's not black. <laughs> like he's half black, that's the on you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Vince Russo grasps the context that much like with white people and black people, there are people with different skin tones. Big risk <laughs> saying to Russo, you've got no idea how it, what I do with this guy, going to Russo and saying that, God, I could have ended up. Was that done yeah. just after the nation had like Crush? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. 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 Become a, they Samuel became like an all, yeah. black, uh, all black rights movement thing. Mm-hmm. And the best thing Rock did though in that promo was he made sure it wasn't a race thing to mm-hmm. make sure he was still appealed to it. It's not a white thing, it's not a black thing. The Rock kicking your ass thing. Yeah. But uh, moving back on, obviously, he wins the WWE title back at No Mercy 2000. Uh, sorry, No Way Out 2001. Yeah. I'm thinking that <laughs> video game after you mentioned it. <laughs> no Way Out 2001, he beats Kurt Angle again. A great match that we a botched finish. Mm-hmm. Because Hebner refuses to count the three. The thing is, though, like, Big Show just comes out randomly, double chops and I forgot about that, by the way. I've watched it recently. I'm just sitting watching it and it pans up and I'm like, oh, the, there's no sound. This must have been when they did like, an advert or something like that. And then just do, where? Well, it's <laughs> the, the big slow. <laughs> Another great rock promo. Yeah. Like, like the rock, uh, you can tell how pissed off he is when he goes just to redo the finish because, like, you're looking at him and like, count this one. Uh, count the three, motherfucker. Yeah, that's brutal. Second <laughs> rock bottom just, yeah. just like, yeah. drives him through the mat. And, yeah. and you feel bad for Angle. I mean, look at the video, like, it's kind of obvious, like, yeah, Austin's at me, yeah, we've got this big stadium. You're not going to WrestleMania, mate. Yeah. The Rock even says your days of being happy are coming to an end. Like, it's a bit harsh, is it not? So obviously, Stone Cold won the Royal Rumble. Our, my favourite Royal Rumble, 2001 Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You've got Kane's dominance, too much to the light of Scott. You've got the hardcore Battle Royal that breaks out in between it. You've got the likes of Undertaker, a random Haku return. <laughs> Billy Gunn oh, in the yeah. Final Four, getting his due. And now you're forgetting one thing. Drew Kenny. In a backseat segment, early night says, Yeah, I don't really watch, I haven't really watched wrestling the last couple of years. Like, then why are you on it then? Right, to promote his pay per view. Yeah, promote all star comedy pay per view. I remember, I think it was Adrian uh, Across reviewing it, like, for a guy who's promoting improv comedy, he's surprisingly unfunny, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not exactly what you think in his feet. <laughs> and we get Rock Austin too. This, this is the match everyone talks oh, yeah. about how good this pay per view is. 
when Nathan was saying about the you know the cameras, this is the moment I always remember. Yeah. It's just when they're coming down that massive ramp and you just see all the the, the flashes of the cameras. Yeah, it's, it's still probably the greatest video package I think. Oh, yeah. 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 Check, check, to check out my melody. Oh, it's so good. I, I still watch that. It's still yeah. Right. Uh, no, uh, see when you watch it back and you you realise because it's the bit they kind of telegraph it. Austin goes ah, I need to beat you up <clears> with all due respect. And you, Alan, you know, you know, you see it when you watch it back. It's like, oh god, it, it was planned the whole time. Yeah, I know. It was. I don't like this match because he lost. Right? I don't care what anyone says. I don't care it was. But yeah, I totally get what you mean. And plus, did you also ever notice when Rock was doing pros, you could tell when he was going to win the match before he that? Because he always said, Rock, guaranteed, TC. We never said it. He never won. Look back. He never won a pay-per-view match unless he said it. See, there's one Gandan T's but it's not it's not by him, it's by Vince McMahon. Aye. He it's, does it at WrestleMania 2000. Aye, unless he said it, that's how you knew it, and that's when I get to the point where we'll buy that pay-per-view to win that Mind blown. <laughs> we can tell Austin's a lot more aggressive in that match. Yeah. And oh, another funny yeah, story that came... No, carry on. Funny story, I think it came for Austin. Apparently Austin's brother was very much um, kind of a mark. He believed there was still it was still real, and he was apparently sat next to the Rock's mum and ringside, and he was talking trash to her so much that Austin had to apologise to the Rock's mum. <laughs> the Rock's mum, even when she's with Nia Jax, is still yeah. classed as Rock's mum. Yeah, <laughs> I know she was a promoter in her own right. Her husband's a Hall of Famer. Her father's a Hall of Famer. She, she must she, must be in a Hall of Fame soon. She must be. She can go to the. She's everywhere on the product. Uh, she, she has, I, I wind Scott up to no end because every time we watch a pay per view together, it's uh, Scott, The Rock's mum's in the crowd, mm-hmm. Rossi's not showing up. No, but Scott, imagine he did. <laughs> imagine he showed up in this match. Ross, this is a women's 5 on 5 match. The Rock's not going to show up. <laughs> I know that. You see the tweet recently somebody put up going, when you see this picture and you finally realise that Nia Jackson and Tamina aren't the same person. Oh, I, there, there's an article, it's actually... Don't, a, don't get started on Tamina. Uh, there's an article on Kayfabe News and it's like, confused fan delighted to find out Nia Jackson and Tamina aren't the same person. I don't, know, I don't really watch the product but sometimes I'm like, I didn't realise there were two different people. Oh, the, yeah, there's a big difference, Nia Jackson. Uh, Nia Jackson's made one mistake recently, you know, <laughs> Fuck's sake, have you seen Tamina recently? She looks like Jimmy Snooker now, fuck's sake. <laughs> they, made a real, they made a real mistake when she came out. You know, when, when, Michael, when she came out for Raw for the Spicers team, Michael Cole said, and I don't think he thought this through, or whoever gave them the line didn't think this through, you talk about killer instinct. <laughs> fuck's sake. So, moving swiftly back on the subject. It's a family trait, that. And bring us back home. This is... It's not the match of the night because TLC has that honour for us, May 17, but it's a pretty damn good match to close yeah. with possibly the best pay-per-view ever. It's pretty brutal and it's like there's just blood and everything and, you know, it's just the end of the match is the biggest, like, thing, but you understand why they've done it, but it was just really like the promo beforehand and the, the entrances and, you know, the match itself. Austin bring out the uh, million dollar uh, slipper home. Yeah, it's got, yeah, million dollar dream, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, the, do you know what is very well? It's when they just the match. The following is your main event, and it's now no disqualification, yeah, and you just hear JR yeah. and Paul Heyman go, "When the hell did this get announced?" Yeah. And that's when you know, oh fuck, something's going down. Yeah, big big match for you. Obviously, they show both guys before it as well, and apart from Rock's mum, a very anti-rock crowd. Yeah, well, they're in Texas, wasn't yeah. it? So. Yeah, yeah. Somebody always. I t- I take the Tom Austin heel. Yeah, in Texas. I've seen this comparison before. Oh, the Rock was always the other guy, right? You've put. 
they're all in an unwinnable situation. You mm-hmm. put them in Texas against Steve Austin and then try to turn Austin heel. Mm-hmm. And then in Hulk Hogan's return match in Canada, which is a massive Hogan like mm-hmm. stronghold, you've put them against Hogan. Like, I, d- I don't see the argument The Rock's the other guy. Put them in any other crowd, it's 50-50. That's what yeah. I was going to say. If it would have been in Miami, it would have been like the act exactly the same, but for The Rock. Yeah, just an idiotic yeah. comparison. Like, the Rock was the other guy. No, no, not really. Because there is, obviously you say it's an anti-rock crowd, mm-hmm. there's still a massive pop for them. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. But yeah, there's a match develops. Yeah. Just, just as the Rock gets put offence and the booze come raining down. Yeah, because obviously as Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, and they make, like Austin, does not Austin will come out with like a, a Texas flag on his skull? As well, I think he's going. I think, I think I'm right. Uh, he's got his trunks of his vest and he's like proper pro-Texas because yeah. he's going in as the face, he's typical Austin, he's the actual there style Austin. He also kind of replayed the Brett Austin sharpshooter spot as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of obviously amplified the cheers for the hometown boy. I, I forgot as well the, the flat end in this match. Yeah, it's I just, it, it's a bit, you, you think at least just hit one more stunner. Mm-hmm. Like, but it was eventually just the, the chairs yeah. to the ribs and eventually Rock gives up, it's like, it's just flat. The thing is though, it's like he started that at the Royal Rumble, was that so he won with a chair? Yeah. And it's kinda of like it was kinda of telegraphed beforehand that he was so it's kinda of the story within by, does it? But <laughs> And in typical Triple H fashion, in a dominant Stone Cold Steve Austin run, only one person beats him and it's Triple H and he pins him fucking twice in a two out of three falls <laughs> match. I think it was just the appease Triple H because he was very annoyed apparently that he wasn't in the main event. So apparently a lot of them, well, like Kerrangle and Jericho and Benoit were all annoyed. Well, I think it's because everybody was built so well that there's only so many spots, so you're going to annoy somebody. Exactly. Plus it's the Rotten Austin, like... It's two big throws, uh, exactly, as much as you could say, oh, this one was a better rip. It's Rotten Austin, that's what you need yeah. to say, like, they, that's yeah. Rock, that's Austin, you're not. Move yeah. on. This just goes to how good they were that people forget, unless you watch the video package, that Deborah was a part of this. Debra is the rock manager, but <laughs> uh, he goes on a wee Hollywood hiatus after this to film the Mummy and I think Scorpion King as well. Oscar-winning films. No, just the Mummy. I think he done. Is it just the Mummy? Yeah, it's just he, the mummy. he was away that long for that. Film. <laughs> and that's it. That's all he says well, in that film. He did for the CGI, I remember. Oh for God's sake! That's like PlayStation One graphics. But uh, he returns. It was the early 2000s. No excuse for it. So he returns, he sides with Team WWF during the alliance angle. It's that. it's sort of, it's a great promo, but it is sort of a missed opportunity. Like, what would have been the storyline if it was just Austin still as heel? How good would this have been? Mm-hmm. Like, the Rocks come back. We could have built it to the next WrestleMania. But obviously, the closure of WCW, we've got the alliance. And I think Vince McMahon get his dream. He managed to make Rock and Steve Austin champion at the same yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> So he's... During this time, we've got some first time ever historic matches. <laughs> we got his feud with Jericho for the WCW title. This, again. Such an underrated feud. This it's actually. so good, isn't it? Mm. It's, 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 I think it's Jericho's coming out. Obviously, had the, the year before, he was obviously really popular on that. Uh, in the year when he was with Benoit. But this was him showing he was a main event player, going toe to toe with The Rock. And, Coming at level playing field most of the time. We spoke on Nathan's uh, hardcore title show. He had matches with RVD for the mm. hardcore title. Really, really underrated matches. And he also <laughs> he had a feud with Booker T. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> Alan, if you, do you realise this is the reason Stein didn't join WWF? I was going to say yeah, that, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> he said, what was it he said? He's like, 
Who, who the hell are you? Who in yeah. the blue hell are you? And that was that instinct, just went, no, I got off the DNA. <laughs> I think, as well, that's, that's a really silly read. He did it to people who were in WWE for like years at a time. Right. He, did, he used to do it to like the Did you imagine Sting did come up at that time? Oh, jeez. Oh. Talent probably, available then? He'd have probably got the Dallas Page treatment. Anyone? Well, The Rock did it to, forget, did it to Trish Jericho in his debut. Yeah, it's yeah. still regarded one of the best debuts of all time. Mm. Yeah, another classic rock promo which he gets chewed out for backstage because Stephanie McMahon was meant to cut him off. He said, "Shane McMahon and uh, Booker T and Shane McMahon, the five-time sucker and the silver spoon mother." And at this point, Stephanie's meant to cut him off, and her mic didn't go on. So he says the F word, and then we get rock, rock, don't you dare, don't you dare, and it's Chris Jericho who describes it as. Poor Rock, at the height of his popularity, is getting chewed out in front of everyone by Vince McMahon. Why did you say Mother F on air? Why did you say Mother F on air? I think you get a chance to go in Jericho. I mean, I've read Jericho's books and he talks so highly about The Rock and how great chemistry they had and how he calls The Rock his favourite opponent. Although, one thing like, of all say for the No Mercy match, Jericho should not have been using essentially what was the Skull Christian finale the feed, because they, yeah, yeah, he, like, he leans yeah. too far back and just looks like his opponent's flop for it, especially when RVD it? takes it at... Yeah, because RVD tries to fall flop four like he would when he took a D. <coughs> I forgot about that. And he yeah. just looked crumpled. So he also had some other first time matches in this time. He had a first time match with Sean Stasiak. And it's oh, always on this show. Fuck Sean Stasiak. They don't follow him again. <laughs> no, he's still not followed me. I, I blocked him. I don't want him following me now. <laughs> he follows me. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Sean Stasiak, I think. He followed the podcast. He followed the podcast and I think he followed about. Five years, and then one day I just get a. Don't think we'll be following after this. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I just get a wee notification. It's like uh, five people followed you this week, and one person unfollowed you. I'm like, oh, it'll be like a, a Twitter bot or something like that. Like Doctor Sean Stasiak unfollowed you. Like, what have I done to offend me? Figured out that you were a rock fan, and he remembers that match. Yes. Although the best thing was Stasiak still in the invasion was when Angle comes out in the milk truck, and Stasiak goes out. To the <laughs> <laughs> he's up <laughs> off the front of the van with the milk. Like I just got Stasiak. Like it's from me to Alan, to, and just like, ah! <laughs> the best thing though is Rock's getting a promo before you went, Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Hear what? And then you like, can hear off to his, ah! And he's Rock just kind of moves it the way it's John C's like running at him, just runs into the wall. <laughs> it's, it's Rock and Regal, isn't it? They're, they're, hiding oh, each Regal, other. Right. they're hiding each other up, and they both at the same time just take a step back as Stasiak runs into them and hits the shells. And it's the I love how they always keep like metal poles about when somebody hits a shot, just so you hear the burn down down down. Well, if I didn't move, just because he yelled at them from like a few feet, just imagine the Monty Python run up the. Yeah, I know. It's not exactly the element of surprise when you. I'm gonna punch you. Why did you duck? Because you said you were gonna punch me. So right a four, obviously. Before we talk about the five on five and move on to our final point, I'll just go around the panel and get any. Any favourite rock moments from the Alliance, Alan? Oh, probably when he became WCW champion. Just to kind of stick it to them. Yeah. The, the, top, the top guy just went to your title. See, the thing, I defend this all the time because the WCW title, as Rock said in another classic promo, it's like Shane McMahon's sister, everyone's had a turn. <laughs> <laughs> and. The final WC in the final WCW title lineage, you have Booker T, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Rock, Jericho, Rock, Jericho. I think that's a lot better than the guy for Scream. Yeah, <laughs> which is just the year before as well. 
Well, the guy for Scream and Vince Russo. In all fairness to Daracket, you've not seen him after that death match. Uh, fair play. Oh, fair play. Uh, that is a fair play one. So, Stephen, any favourite rock matches or promos from the Alliance angle? Going to be his feud with Jericho, I just think it was stellar from both of It was kind of like that secondary feud, I think, that he did to help boost it. See, uh, to me, it's sort of like the Christian Autumn feud, mm. where it was just under CM Punk Cena. And it was better, and better in ring wise. Like, you know, Austin was the top draw, and Punk of their feuds above the other two. But you look back, like, like these feuds were so good. And was it? Yeah, the Jericho feud was amazing. But I, my favourite moment was probably when he came back. Just uh, you standing next to the Rocky Balboa uh, statue. Mm. Just I, I just remember that. It's really <laughs> iconic. I love when they sent a thing. We uh, it's it's Philadelphia, and they've sent a limo to the airport, and the limo comes back. It's Howard Finkel. They're both fighting to get into the limo. And it's Howard Finkel that I couldn't find the rock. Oh, there's another one with the canyon. And he goes, Hey, what a reception! And they all just got off for fuck's sake and leave. And you see Rock randomly walking the streets. Like, Rock's went, I'm not waiting, I'll walk. Rock, it's 10 miles, I'll fucking walk. Look at me. I'm built for this. Nathan, any favourite? I liked how he came back. Then it was still, it was still obviously the same Rock, but kind of different. Sort of kind of different look. How he lost, he lost about 15, 20 pounds. But obviously, he's still obviously total bill, and he had kind of different hairstyle as well. But still, obviously, the rock we knew from the year before. Um, as I mentioned, the hardcore show, the RVD match as well. Um, obviously, RVD had just came in from ECW, and I think that match helped. Surely, he was a player in WWE or could could later on become a player. Okay. Well, like you said, I defend kind of the rock when they do see the because he can hold that belt and he can kind of be like. The locker room leader now that Austin's defended, he beat their top guys, went over to the other side. Now he's kind of trying to be the leader and he led them into the fire series. And it's weird as to see the rock and Stone Cold singing each other. The bit at the end of that segment where they're randomly singing to each other, and does the, by the way, the rock will never forget, and he hits the rock bottom. So obviously, he eventually beats Stone Cold, much to the delight of me and Alan. Yeah. It's a Bible series. And then we get the icon versus icon feud Hulk Hogan versus the rock. This, that again, it's, a, it's rock being flung in to a hostile territory, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's such a good match. It's the it's the working with the crowd mm-hmm. to make the rock mm-hmm. the heel now and make Hogan the face. They did so well in this match. Yeah, but the crowd, though, the, the moment when the rock came out and faced them on that rock, mm-hmm. oh, oh, yeah. it was yeah. phenomenal. It's just the moment he goes, one more WrestleMania with, with the, the rock. rock. I love the video package for this because it's just with the rock, 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 and it just goes black and white. And that's when, when it's when they used to go wide angle with the promos and they go black and white. And you're like, oh, that's when the shits went down. I always love when we show somebody hitting their finisher on somebody or tagging somebody, and the moment they hit them, it looks sounds like they made that sound effect like a gunshot went off. Oh, I'm so <laughs> true. I missed that. Yeah, it shows it about four yeah. times. So, uh, the Rock, Hulk Hogan, feud. Alan described that. You mentioned the delight at Rock finally winning a match at Mania. Yeah, I, for me, I know it's controversial, but I always have Rock over Austin. Every day, I think the Rock surpassed Austin, and then you've got the Rock is the guy. I say to you, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> See, the Rock is the guy versus the guy of wrestling, the guy that everyone wanted to see, the guy revolutionised wrestling worldwide, head to head. It was the stuff I've dreamed of. You said it two years earlier, people, I'm like, ah, could be dream when I talk about And you finally get that dream, and that dream rivalry. So, <laughs> Andy, sorry. Yeah, just, uh, I don't know, it's like, uh, Alan said it. 
best. It's just I don't know. We just I'm on. I just remember when they're in the ring and then you can do the press and just looking at the crowd. I just want to follow on from what uh, Steve was saying that Raj, the quote where he's just like, "You've headline and WrestleMania, then Wrestle." Uh, WrestleMania after WrestleMania, mm. why don't you go one more WrestleMania with the Rock? He's right in his face. The crowd just yeah. go absolutely and he goes, crazy. The greatest of all time. Who is the greatest yeah. of all time? Uh, it's the good luck, Rock. You're not. You're going to need it. Not as much as you, but brother. Yeah, and then hits him with a rock bottom. He's very done well after you know winning that match after that car crash. You know. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that was that was something back then. Yeah, vehicular homicide. But we'll we'll settle this. Let wrestlers do it in the ring. And there was a lot of attempted murder. Mm-hmm. In the actual, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of attempted murder in this feud. He hits him in the back of the head with a hammer. He there's a group assault when the three of them beat the shit out of him backstage, and then there's. They also assault on a government vehicle because they attack an ambulance yeah. <laughs> and they try to run the ambulance off the road. See, see the thing about it though is, he does all that, he's willing to do all that to him in the months before, but yet on the night it's like, no guys, Aye. I'll face a one on one. Like, really? You spent the last month trying to kill the man. Yeah. <laughs> he just out at the end. Doesn't see, remember when it took the crowd in, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's the. Hold on, brother. Always <laughs> probably think this is my time, Peter. Yeah, it's the bit yeah, where yeah. he goes to shake the Rock's hand and Rock should have done what any sane human being did, was like, no, there's like, been three attempts in my life in the past month. Lay on the fuck you, out. You can go fuck yourself, you old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, how old was Hogan at the time? Was he fucking... Uh, Hogan... Had to be 50s. Uh, Hogan's like, got one of their faces, he was born 50 and grew in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia talking about Hulk Hogan? <laughs> Hulk Hogan, head of a Chinese samurai, skin of a hot dog. <laughs> Talk about on PC, eh? <laughs> I didn't say it. I'm talking about them always sunny. No, it's quotes. I know, I'm talking about them. I'm talking about them, but you talk about in the promo he said about headline and all the rest of me. This didn't headline, but I'm betting a lot of people who were there hoped it did. Yeah, that, didn't that, that, this is another one. It was Chris Jericho actually fought mm-hmm. for his match to go on before, mm-hmm. and it was Triple H and Vince that were like, no, the WWE title match has to go on last. Something that apparently isn't a rule anymore. Unless yes. Triple H is in the WWE title match. It's the thing as well, WrestleMania 25, have, uh, Triple H and Randy Orton have to follow yeah. Taker yeah. and Michaels. It wasn't a bad match, but it was yeah. not that match. You know? Triple H's best WrestleMania matches are never the main event. No. Well, the storytelling Rock Austin, no, Rock Hogan, was unbelievable. The fact they kept the double face turn and all that. Mm. It's uh, incredible. Because the first time I could, in my life, I actually started booing the rock. I'm like, what the? What am I doing here? Why am I booing the guy I want to win? Mm-hmm. And you're like, but it's just the way yeah. it's done. It's, it's expertly done. It's actually Cody Rhodes himself that says, ask anyone their favourite wrestling yeah, match. If it's not rock Hogan, they don't get wrestling. <laughs> and he gets such heat for like all the all the purists. Like, it's not that great a match. He goes, it doesn't have to be. He went, we're still talking about it. He went, it's basic storytelling at its best. But, you know, we've still... We've still, we're still talking about it years later. It's still one of the greatest matches of all time. Sorry, as I dramatically take a selfie in the studio. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we were having a five second pose there, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for the delay. That is a good idea for a show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, w- I want to do just a Christian show. That man doesn't get his due. Yes. He needs to be Hall of Famer. Yes. He needs to be Hall of Famer. If you don't open that show saying welcome to the peep show, you failed as a Christian fan. <laughs> What's that show? Oh, did Dave said, I know, right? Peeps, rip. Oh, God. Oh, no. Well, sorry, well, I wasn't listening. I was listening to you. Yeah, Captain Charisma, man. <laughs> Dave opened the show going, all right, peeps, let's do this. <laughs> that does not work for him. It's just as bad. Keep on rolling. First one he came back for after the peep show. You know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. 
I've talked about this before, not on this show, but I've talked about it with other people before. <laughs> about the whole, it should have been Austin, oh, and that's a dream match that never happened. I think this is better than what Austin or Hogan would ever have been, because at this stage, especially, Austin was not at his best, his neck injuries, all these injuries were catching up to him, and Hogan is by no means a young man. Not that he was that good when he was a young man either. <laughs> but uh, The Rock was in his prime, and not that Hogan never needed to be carried, but to imagine better that the fact that Hogan, who's getting a bit older, is going against someone in their prime, whereas Austin, who's got a number of Hogan, who's had a number of injuries. I don't think the crowd would have been still in it yet, but I don't think it would have been as good. Yeah, because like, Rock and Hogan are the two most charismatic wrestlers, arguably, ever. Mm-hmm. And as great as Austin is, he's not charismatic mm-hmm. yeah. anyway. And one stunner and Hogan's knees are fucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it, it just shows how Hogan's such a good mind games guy. What? Where both him and Austin refuse to lose to each other, and as soon as Rock Hogan announced, he goes, I'll lose to the Rock. <laughs> just, just a big, ah, fuck you. I'm surprised he did any day the, the Ultimate Warrior pin he did at WrestleMania oh, 6, yeah, but he kicked out yeah. just after three. You're surprised when he went out there and everyone was cheering, you, you can surprise he didn't, but he just called another one around, like, yeah, I'm going over. Like, oh, you fucking nut. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember at World War 3, he was mega eliminated by Big Show in 95, and mid match, it changed the face to him getting pulled under the bottom rope and never actually being eliminated. Fuck's <laughs> sake. I look strong, brother. <laughs> so, how was the match ending? Was it, it was People's Elbow, wasn't people's it? People's Elbow. Yeah. Uh, it, it's yeah. the second People's Elbow because there's the, the amazing moment where he kicks out the People's Elbow the first time and that's when he does the Holocaust for the first time at WrestleMania in about 10 years or something like that. Nine years, yeah. first WrestleMania match in nine years. And it's just, it's an amazing match. So, the feud ends with obviously Rock Helton Hogan fight off the NWO. And then the promo the next night where why he's still wearing NWO colours and he does the rip of the shirt. And that was really it for Rock as a full-time wrestler at this point. And that's when he started his second Hollywood hiatus and the much to the chagrin of me and Alan, he started coming around less and less. Like a dad who says he'd come back. He says he's gonna come back, but he never comes back. Do you know what format was he went to go and do though? Yeah, it was the Scorpion King. And then the rundown, which is also called Welcome to the Jungle. Yes. Good film. Yeah, good. That's good, actually. Plus, also, Big Arnie walks past and gives him sort of like the pass. Uh, yeah, yeah. was uh, a good luck. Where did the Tooth Fairy come in? 2010. <laughs> yeah, this was a. Uh, I did my research in there. <laughs> yes! <laughs> this was uh, when he returned to wrestling and changed his. Uh, Changed his agency. His agency wanted him at 2.30 and doing Disney song, uh, tunes and not doing wrestling anymore. And then he changed agents and they're like, you're The Rock, use use the wrestling background. Get jacked again, we'll put you in action films. You were doing quite well. Some of them were watchable. Agent was from Glasgow as well. <laughs> like, do you know what his actual 30th birthday present was from his agent? They actually got a replica of Wallace's broadsword and had gave it to him and it sits in your mantelpiece Jesus. right now. It's an actual replica of this. Basically, he's managed to get out of Stolen Castle, get out of Wade and everything. Everything's identical other than the fact that it wasn't Wallace's. That's what you gave him. So, what you're saying is the people of Glasgow need to apologise for the tooth thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we apologise, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you fucking my buddy. <laughs> fucking lock me in for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Hollywood hiatus starts, and that's where we're going to wrap up this section of our rock show. We're going to, and our second show, we've not set a date for it will be the Hollywood heel rock, possibly the best rock. We'll start for when the crowd turned on him at SummerSlam 02 and we'll go all the way to WrestleMania 20. We'll go in-depth with the rock concert, the rock v Austin 3, where he eventually gets a win, Alan. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but for now, we're going to say thanks to our panel, Scott McLeod. Thank you. Nathan Fisher. Thank you. Andy Mitchell. Cheers. Stephen Wilson. Thank you. Alan Lucas. And Quacky Radio is our EP. Thank you very much. So next week we are going back to back to our Glasgow roots. We're going to talk again about ICW. We're going to have a fear and loathing show, and after the quiz, I don't think Stevie should be hosting it. But you know, we'll, we'll give him a second chance. Stacey are in negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> but now I have the belt back. I feel I have confidence to again host this. Hashtag Stacey for fear and loathing preview. Get it trending. Oh, <laughs> I did well tweet that. <laughs> I know, it's why I did it. So, fear and loathing week, we're going to have our preview show as well as some exclusive interviews with Lionheart. We've already got one up there, but we do have a second one coming. And is it up now? No. no, it's going to be out next week. Next so, week. yeah, keep an eye on that one. So, check our Android, any Android podcasting sites, Anchor, iTunes, and Spotify periodically at Suplex Retweet. No, and just subscribe, then you'll get the alerts. Oh, you'll get the alert? All right, fine, fair enough. Subscribe. Sorry, sorry Quack. I'm going to change the alert such that it's just going to be Quack who's shouting at you. Interview, watch it. Check it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be us talking about an ICW show, and the midway through, you're going to hear Quack going, just go! <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I. It's actually allowed. What? Can I do that? No! no. <laughs> I mean, if you want People to. People are going to unsubscribe for that. You guys are boring. <laughs> Just use the social media analysis to find out where the majority of our listeners live. Just walk about that area going, Jackie! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking all the big matches Jackie Paul, Lionheart. Aaron Echo, Kenny Williams, which has just been announced. The six man, eh, six team, sorry, TLC match. We'll have the tag title match with my good friend Rudo in the corner. We've had a full show before. No, no, we're not fucking letting it pass. I'm not letting it die. Also, uh, also we mentioned our Lionheart interview and check our back catalogue. We have a plethora of ICW interviews from DCT and Stevie Boy's first interviews as the world champions. We have Mark Dallas there, Lionheart, we have Kieran Kelly, we have Sam Barber, we have Kings of Catch, where they even made a move after Quacker. Yeah, by next week we will probably have a hundred episodes in that back catalogue. There you go. Nice. Ooh. So, so, yeah, to your heart's content. I feel what? special for that hundredth episode. I, don't, I can't guarantee where the hundredth episode will be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's got to do is uh, make sure you subscribe to our socials and our podcast at Suplex Retweet and all of them and all it remains to say now is thanks for listening to our show about the jabroni beating pie eating trailblazing eyebrow raising sitting get comfy stay in your seat we've talked about the rock on eat sleep Suplex Retreat if this is the rock is cooking I don't care what the f*** you think you're doing Whatever you think is more important with your life You're honking bag of dick tips You know what you should be doing You should be going online You should be subscribing You should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet Whatever the f*** you're doing That's what you should be doing I don't care if it's your mum's birthday I don't care if she's feeling contractions Get on it right now